You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. Psalm 46, again, I know this is a a different format, but um, I'd like to read this together uh, out loud even. Let's stand together. Psalm 46, we're going to stand and read this, these 11 verses, and, um, and I'm really just going to be focusing on one, and it won't be a message. It'll be, it'll be some thoughts that lead into the testimony time. Psalm 46, verse 1, and let's read this out loud together. In verse 1, Psalm 46, 1, ready, begin. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah. There is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her, she shall not be moved, God shall help her, and that right early. The heathen raged, the kingdoms were moved, he uttered his voice, the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us, the God of Jacob is our refuge, Selah. Come, behold the works of the Lord, what desolations he hath made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow and cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariot in the fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge, Selah. It's a great psalm and one that I think can provide some help. You can be seated and appreciate your standing. Thanksgiving, it really is my favorite holiday. And as much as I, I enjoy other holidays and I enjoy my Christmas, what I love about Thanksgiving is it really focuses, it, it tends to stay more focused on what you already have and not what you want. It keeps us more focused on the things that we already have or the blessings we've already received instead of what we wish we had. It's about God's blessings and and not a gift exchange. And while I see the value of using giving as a means to be a blessing to somebody else, it's hard to keep a balance and not make Christmas all about what we want or what we get, especially if you have kiddos. And I think most of us with kids understand that. Uh, Thanksgiving is great. There are a lot of things about it that I like. I love the way families get together. I love the way our family gets to get together uh, usually. I love the traditional Thanksgiving meal. And in our family, the the ladies have a responsibility and the men have a responsibility. The ladies uh, bring certain dishes and the men make sure all the dishes get eaten. Okay? So it's very balanced in our home. Uh, I find it ironic that after the meal, you regret all you ate and you feel sick, and yet you find yourself grazing all afternoon, going back to the kitchen. I enjoy sitting down to watch the annual Dallas Cowboy football game. No, just maybe an amen or two there. I didn't think I'd get a lot up here. There are two things bound to happen. The Cowboys will likely lose. And number two, 
All the men who were excited about the game are asleep by the first quarter anyway. So uh, when we owned property in, in Oklahoma, we, we used to spend the day um, after the meal. We'd go outside, we'd work, and we'd maybe cut some trees or clear brush and burn brush and have a burn pile or a bonfire. It was a lot of fun. I, I know families that after Thanksgiving, they cut firewood. That's what they do as a family. And everyone has their own traditions. Some people, some people don't eat turkey and dressing and gravy and mashed potatoes. For some reason, they eat tacos or some other tradition, which I find um, questionable at, le- I mean, at most and maybe perhaps offensive. But I'm not going to be judgy about your traditions. However it looks, though, as long as its focus is on God, the provider of our blessings, then I think you're doing all right. And tonight, I'd like to encourage every person to consider God's goodness and God's faithfulness to to you, either in a situation in your life this year or through a truth that you've grown through, something that you've learned this year. We all have had plenty of opportunities to see God work. We've had plenty of opportunities to see God provide in our lives. Coronavirus has, has made 2020 a challenging year, hasn't it? Uh, but, but I still ask, how has God provided? What has he taught you? How has he proven his goodness or his faithfulness? Those are the questions that I want you to be asking yourself tonight as you prepare a testimony. How has God provided? What has he taught you? And how has he proven his goodness or faithfulness? See, some of you have dealt with some serious trials this year, either in a health trial or finances or with people, and maybe you've lost a loved one. We've had some of that this year. How has God provided? I ask you again, how has God provided? What has he taught you? And how has he proven his goodness or his faithfulness in your life? Maybe you've grown in some area. Maybe there's been a significant change in your life uh, through a job or a relationship or there's been a move or in some other way. Through all of it, I ask, how has God provided? What has he taught you? And how has he proven his goodness and his faithfulness? Maybe you've been blessed uh, like you've never been in some way or another and you just want to share that. Tell us how God has provided Tell us what, you, what he's taught you. Tell us how he's proven his goodness or his faithfulness. Uh, maybe God really did a work in your life through the church planning conference or through the missions revival. There's been some spiritual breakthrough in your life. How has God provided? What has he taught you? And how has he proven his goodness or faithfulness? And as I was meditating on the year and my mind went back to when coronavirus blew up in March and God used Psalm 46 in my life I was sitting on an airplane. I was in, in the state of Idaho, and, and I was doing a, a music conference at a church for their choir. Um, and it's funny, I think after that weekend, that conference, their choir hasn't met since. So I, I, I effectively killed a choir in Idaho. So it blew up, and I was sitting on an airplane um, that, that Saturday night. I was supposed to be back, come back late on Saturday night be in services on that Sunday morning, March 15th was the Sunday. And I was sitting on the airplane and I was thinking about coronavirus and I hadn't been home. I'd been gone for the week and uh, just, I was in Stillwater and then up in Idaho and doing these things. And, and I was sitting on a plane and I was thinking, God, what? (laughs) I mean, what do I do? What do I say? Everybody feel like that this year at different times in your life? And I just, I don't even know where to start. And I literally, I'm sitting on the airplane and, and I feel anxiety rising. And I'm, 
I'm like, I just want to get off this plane. I don't really want to be here right now. And yeah, I knew I had to get home and, and God led me to Psalm 46. And that next morning I preached a message on Psalm 46 because God had used it in my life. And, and it says in verse one, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. God is our refuge. And that word means he's our fortress. He's, he's like a fort and not the kind of fort that you made when you were a kid that your sister, you know, opened the door and knocked it down and you get upset with her. No, not that kind of a fort. No, it's the kind of fort that cannot be broken down. It cannot be broken into. That's how strong he is. He is our refuge and strength. And, and the thought that you can learn from that is that when trouble strikes, God is strong enough. And that helps us because it reminds us that God is greater than our trouble. And the best way to forget the size of your problems, and I said this in March, but I'll say it again, the best way to forget the size of your problems is to remember the strength of your refuge. And the second phrase then, he's our refuge and strength. He's a very present help in trouble. And present means found. And when there's difficulty, God makes himself available. He's always able to be found. He, he doesn't hide in the shadows and he doesn't, he doesn't stay out of reach like a, a, a carrot in front of the donkey's face and he, he doesn't ever quite get to it. Now, God makes himself available. And if you think of the phrase, he's a very present help in trouble, then you can think of this truth that when trouble strikes, God is present. And, and that helps because you know no matter what you face, you don't have to do it alone. And I'm thankful for that truth. Those are helpful truths to remember, especially in 2020. It's been full of trouble. And it's good to know that when trouble strikes, God is strong and present. When, and when it's outside of our control, God is strong and present. When we don't understand something, God is strong and present. It's a helpful truth. But when you take a step back and look at it from an even bigger picture angle, um, there's something that can even be deeper about it. Think about it. God doesn't say... He's so strong that you won't ever have trouble. See, he says there will be trouble. He doesn't say that he's so present that you won't have to have trouble. No, he actually says when there's trouble, he'll be present. So here's the takeaway from the verse. And, and again, I, since I'm the first one that gets to talk tonight, I'm giving my testimony about something God really helped me with this year. And that is this, that the presence of God doesn't guarantee the absence of trouble. The presence of trouble guarantees the presence of God. I'll say it again. The presence of God doesn't guarantee the absence of trouble. The presence of trouble guarantees the presence of God. See, he doesn't promise to keep us out of trouble. He promises to be with us through it. He doesn't promise to make life easy, but he does promise to be there when it's not. And he may not always keep us away from the trial, but we, he won't leave us to deal with it on our own. He's strong and he's present, especially in trouble. And I've needed that truth this year. That truth has helped me in many ways at different times this year. Because plenty of things haven't been easy and plenty of things have been unknown and it's been a tough year for a lot of people. But and if you have the wrong view of God, you've got to be careful. If you have the wrong view of God, you might think he's not doing his job because life is difficult. But he never promises to keep life easy. He never promises to keep the difficulties away. He simply promises to be present when the trouble comes. He doesn't promise to help us avoid trouble. He promises to provide strength and help through his presence when there is trouble. 
And that's the one thing in my mind that I, as I meditated and was preparing for tonight, and I didn't even have an intention to bring this, but God taught me that this year, and he reminded me, and he used coronavirus to do it. And I'm not thankful for COVID-19, I'm not. But I am thankful for the lessons the Lord has taught me by going through it this year. So what has some situation taught you about God this year? What trial has drawn you closer to your God, to your refuge? How has he proven his goodness or his faithfulness in some difficulty or in some change or in some circumstance in your life this year? And tonight, that's my testimony. I'd like to open up to the four. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.